Hi everyone, Soul here. Before this episode starts, I wanted to let you know that if you want to sponsor an episode of InFlight, you now can by contacting Magnus at ThresholdX.net. That's M-A-G-N-U-S at ThresholdX.net. Thank you for listening, and now, on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Welcome back to this episode of In Flight. I'm Sol, your host. It is great to be here with you guys today. I hope you guys are enjoying the spring weather. Um, in New York, we've had a lot of wind and rain lately um, as a result of the fronts coming together to bring the warm weather back and fighting against the cold weather. And although a lot of people don't normally like spring weather and fall weather for that matter, because at least in New York, it has a lot of wind and rain, which is often associated with being a, a gloomy type of weather. I actually quite like it, especially now when we are still under pretty strict quarantine here in New York City. I feel as if it's a reason to be inside. And I've said that before on the show a few times, but I'll say it again. I really like the weather that we're having. And in a few days, actually, uh, I believe it's on Thursday, which is the day that this podcast episode is going to air. We're going to get thunderstorms, which are my favorite, and they're even more my favorite right now. So I'm kind of in weather heaven, even if it's not the type of weather that's good for flying. Um, as I've experienced, there's wind widespread across the country, and it has made some landings a little bit more difficult than they usually are. Uh, it still is really, really good for the head, you know? Um Another thing that I've been focusing on during this spring season, besides my affection towards the, the weather that we're having here in New York, um, is friends. And I've really been connecting with my friends since I'm not going to be seeing a lot of them soon as I am moving schools next year and trying to get to know new people. And that human interaction has been very nice, especially uh, in quarantine where it seems like we're kind of stripped from that. Like I've I've noticed a few things happening with myself that are a result, I think, of having less human contact, like having a really difficult time getting my thoughts out of my mouth sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes it takes one or two takes for me to do these intros here and there because I just start speaking gibberish and then I, it takes me like two minutes to say, hi, how are you? Or like <laughs> something along those lines. And checking in with friends is definitely really nice because it it's kind of like exercising that part of my brain you know um and it, that's something that i think that i'm i'm missing right now and you know it'll come back soon um but right now it, we are where we are i hope that you guys are doing okay through quarantine if you're in one of those uh countries or one of those states that is starting to open up i'm really happy for you um just continue to social distance a little bit so that we don't have to have a completely devastating second wave like other countries uh, around the world have seen. I know that if I'm allowed back outside, actually when I'm allowed back outside because I'm not going to be trapped inside forever, that I think it would be way harder to go back to something like this after having that freedom. So, you know, um, my personal of wishes is that we people continue to take this seriously after everything kind of opens up again. Um, 
But if you're still locked inside like I am, then I hope you are well. And I hope that you're talking to friends and exercising that part of your brain. You may be asking yourself, soul, why are you going on this little tangent here? This is not early days of in-flight where you awkwardly talk about what's happening in your life to a bunch of people who don't understand what you're talking about. And there's actually a very specific reason for it. Um, our guest today is Q8 Pilot, who is a very, very cherished member of our community. He is a, well, more the explain community, but I know he's done some P3D videos as well. So I'm sure there are some people from that side who know him and who respect him and, um, yeah, and respect him. Uh, we interviewed Q8 Pilot today, who, as some of you may know, if you are a regular viewer of him, he retired a few months ago um, from flight simulation because he he needed a break. He had been doing it for so long, and in his video, he specifically said he just wasn't that inspired to make videos anymore. But recently, he's been uploading a lot more, and he has a live stream that he's been doing fairly regularly as well, uh, and he's pretty active again. And Q8 has also done some work with us, and uh, we found out about his return just as you guys did. And I figured that this would be a really great opportunity to reach out to him and see whether or not he wanted to be on the show to talk to us a little bit uh, about what he uh, went through that made him, that brought him to the decision that he made to come back and um, maybe go into a little bit more detail about where he was beforehand and why he made the decision to leave in the first place. And, um, I reached out to him and he said that he wanted to be on the show and that's the exact conversation that we had. Um, so coming up in this interview, uh, Q8, Norm and myself, we talk about um, the regular stuff that we do. We learn a little bit more about Q8's life, how we got into flight simulation. And we also talk about the people and the followers of his that really inspired him to continue on and record um, new videos again and become active again. And it was really a great conversation. And it was a conversation of friendship, which is the reason why I went on that tangent in the beginning. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Q8 Pilot. Uh, we will be having another episode coming out very shortly uh, because we've been getting a lot of recordings in uh, and everything has been going really well and we've had a lot of people reaching out to be on. So I am trying to get them out for you guys as much as possible. So please help me welcome Q8 Pilot. Q8, thank you so much for joining us today. How has your evening been? I know that it's really late for you. Norm and I, it's 2 p.m. It's around 9 p.m. for you. How have you been? Well, it, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a uh, slow day, uh, if you will. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing great. I hope you guys are doing uh, fine as well. Yeah, it's a little rainy here on the East Coast, but it's nothing too terrible. Um, and it's also... A nice excuse to be inside on those days it makes it feel like you're actually supposed to be inside <laughs> true <laughs> um so um let's get to know you a little bit uh what's your background how did you get into aviation and um how did you decide that the video format that you're most well known for was what you wanted to do well um 
aviation is not something new to me. Uh, flight sim, <clears throat> probably making making videos is is a new thing. Uh, so I've been making videos for the past. Uh, say five years minus the pause, the three months pause that you guys probably know about. Um, but aviation has been always something I've always, uh, I've always been fascinated by just the, uh, you know, the sheer view of aircraft uh, taking off and landing. Uh, even as a little kid, I was very interested in becoming a pilot. And I always told my parents that I wanted to be a pilot. But back then, it wasn't very easy. Uh, the access to information was not very easy. Um, so it all started when I was uh, actually a college student in the US. And on one fine day, uh, it was I believe it was Christmas Eve of 1994. I can't remember the, uh, the year, uh, but I actually was, I was planning uh, a Christmas gift for my girlfriend, and uh, I didn't really know what to do. I, I wasn't very creative in, you know, in that department. So I decided to uh, open the yellow pages and look for something, and uh, I saw an ad for some Captain Lee, uh, former mm -hmm. United States Air Force. Uh, he's retired, and uh, he does tours in uh, small airplanes. So I thought that was a good idea, and you know, we chartered the plane. Uh, we got on the plane. We took off from uh, Fresno, Yosemite, and uh, we flew around. We went to Harris Ranch. We had some steaks, and on the way back, I started just asking all kinds of questions about all the buttons, the gauges, the instruments, <laughs> and that was pretty much, uh, you know, what sparked the again the interest that I've always had as a little boy. Uh, about aircraft and just being up in the air. Uh, I've done a few lessons. Uh, I've done um, takeoff lessons, landing lessons, uh, but it was actually a bit expensive uh, mm -hmm. for me as a student, as a sponsor student by, uh, by the government of Kuwait. Uh, it wasn't very, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't cheap to, to, uh, to get flying lessons at that time. Um, so I had to do with the takeoffs and landings. I did a little bit of ground school, uh, and then I called it uh, quits. And uh, of course, I had college to finish, so I had to focus on on my studies. So mm -hmm. uh, that was really what sparked the, the the love for aviation or the continuation uh, of of that um, of that interest. Uh, but five years ago. Um, by the way, I've always used flight sim. So since the Amiga Commodore, um, I've used, uh, you know, flight sim. I used to always buy software where you can fly airplanes or um, space shuttles or things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But five years ago is when I was actually introduced to X-Plane. And believe it or not, when I actually got X-Plane, I... Thought that it was rubbish. I thought it was uh, really bad and this plausible world thing. And I remember writing a really harsh review on Amazon. And <laughs> yeah, it was uh, was a really really harsh review on Amazon. Um, uh, it was explain ten point three, if I'm not mistaken, or two nine or something like that. It was it was an older version of explain. 
And little by little, of course, uh, X-Plane started, you know, improving and I started downloading those add-ons and um, I became very, very interested in X-Plane and uh, played Element Theory being a developer myself. I started reading a lot more about it, uh, understanding what the differences are between, uh, for example, FSX at that time and X-Plane, um, flight modeling and all of those good things. Mm-hmm. And that really uh, that really sparked the interest in in flight simulation again, and really making videos because as I was doing the you know flight simulation, I was flying and doing flights. I had a lot of questions. Obviously, there were a lot of things I didn't know how to do. So some of those answers were uh, some of those questions were answered by just doing searches. Uh, And some of those things really took a lot of time for me to find the answers for. And and some things were just by trial and error. And Mm. I thought if I had to spend that much time and I finally found the answer, it might be a cool idea if I shared it with someone. You know, I'm sure someone else in this, you know, in this world is probably having the same issue. So why don't I, you know, create... uh, a video or or a forum of some sort and start sharing, uh, you know, what I find uh, to help people. And that was the idea behind starting the channel. And I remember uh, one of the first tutorials I posted was about fixing the ILS alignment uh, in X-Plane 10. And I got a lot of really nasty comments on that <laughs> video, but... <laughs> But nevertheless, here I am today. Uh, the format, of course, developed over uh, over a period of time. If you if you look at my very first videos, they were uh, I was really happy just by you know recording a landing, or yeah. uh, you know just doing a few things uh, in an airplane takeoff, land, or crash, or something like that, and just record it. Some of those videos I've removed, obviously, because they made no sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But I did leave the very first video was uh, an Airbus landing at, uh, at Doha International Airport in Qatar. Uh, I left that video because it really shows the viewer where the channel was and where it is now. And it's kind of a reminder also for me um, of how much effort I put in, how much I had to learn uh, to be able to get to the point where I am today. No, that's a, that's actually a very great idea or thing to do. I might keep that in mind for myself too, just to see the progression of how far you have come. I've actually used that ILS tutorial video when I just got into Explain Ten myself. So, oh, very good. I must say that your videos has been some of the tutorials that I've used when just getting accustomed to Explain. Um, what I keep forgetting sometimes when people ask me questions is like, when I started, I knew nothing. And you have so many questions that you, you, know, you want answers to. You just don't get in front of the simulator and start flying and you're good. There's so many things you can customize and set up. And your channel has served as the uh, encyclopedia for fixing stuff <laughs> and reviewing stuff. So no, it's true. It's well, true. Thank so, you very much. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm humbled. Definitely. You came into play you know, right away considering that you um, ravaged X-Plane in a review back in the day. So <laughs> that's good though. But yeah, keep going, man. This is fascinating for me to hear. I like that. Yeah, it's um it 
I actually looked at your channel as you were talking about it, and I I can see all all the way back um, with some of the Microsoft. I think you used Microsoft Flight Simulator earlier, right? As, yes, that's I know, correct. Yeah, I can like see all of those, and it's you know it's it's crazy because that's what you just said is something that we have heard a few times on the show before, where people have who have gotten gotten into X Plane have just really disliked it in the beginning, but then after a while, it's kind of grown on them. And especially X Plane Eleven. I mean, Norm and I have talked a lot about how, um, like, with other guests about how X Plane Eleven was like the defining um, simulation, like the defining version for people to really hop into it. Um, yeah, it's it's really, you know, I've never actually looked back on your channel. But it's nice to look back at it now and see all the really supportive comments that people leave and all the people thanking you um, and all that. What is it like for you to receive such positive support from people? Oh, um, let me tell you guys. Uh, of course, you know that I have made a decision uh, some three, about four months ago to mm -hmm. stop making videos. Yep. And, um, and I started making uh, videos, uh, you know, recently I, I posted a couple of videos, uh, maybe three of them or so. And of course the, the, the reasons why I, you know, I come to that conclusion or to that decision, uh, I've, I've noted in my, uh, video, uh, labeled the finale mm -hmm. and just the amount of comments I've received, um, made me tearful um, because I never really thought I had that much influence in the community. I never really thought I was that loved. Um, and uh, a lot of people have asked me to reconsider. Uh, and, and at the time, I was just really down. And I felt that, you know, the decision is final. Uh, I'm moving on, I'm moving to something else. I never really, by the way, moved away from doing flight sim. Uh, I was, in fact, invited to the uh, to the Microsoft 2020 Alpha, so I'm one of the uh, actually Alpha users now. Um, mm. So I I kept doing, I kept buying add-ons, um, but I just didn't feel the motivation to make videos. And I will be very frank and let you know that um, Osflight Simmer or Shane has uh, has sent me emails, uh, Thomas Rasmussen. Mm -hmm. uh, Flight Deck to Sim, V1 Simulations, they've all sent me emails and they've, um, you know, they've comforted me. And uh, especially uh, Shane and uh, uh, Flight Deck to Sim have, have sent me emails to, to, you know, to make me change my mind, uh, really. And, and, the, and those guys are part of the reason why I came back, um, although I am strictly saying that I don't want any commitments and I don't want to stick to a, a specific schedule. Um, but in their own words, they said, you're a very well-respected, well-loved guy in the community. Uh, for that, come back. And wow. um, it was very touching to, to receive all those emails. And I've received a lot of emails from, you know, from the regular subscribers. Uh, I, I know a guy by the name of Rand. Um, Rand is, is, a, is a longtime supporter of the channel and, uh, you know, he sent me, um, as well an email 
asking me to, uh, he, he hasn't asked me to come back, but <clears throat> just expressing his support and, and just the sheer kindness of people has really touched me in, in a way uh, I've never felt before. Um, and I do have a, a huge following on the channel. So we, we were talking about, you know, uh, 40 something, 45,000 followers on the channel. Mm-hmm. So I thought, uh, you know, for those few who probably hate me, um, <laughs> I don't have anything, you know, personal against them. And it's probably not personal. And they just maybe hate uh, the name, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they will find something uh, because to hate. they don't really see the person behind the mic. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I understand that. Uh, I'm, I'm not a uh, young, cha- young chap, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 45 <laughs> years old. So, uh, Jeez. so I understand life very well. I understand there are a lot of immature people. And I understand that there are people who don't really understand that there is another human being with, with feelings and, and that his feelings could get hurt. You know, they, they just don't understand that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the vast majority, I think uh, my, my subscribers, my supporters, such as yourselves, such as B1 Simulation, Rand Cooley, um, Silvio, if I can name them all, I would. For mm-hmm. those people, I have decided to come back and you know start making videos again on the same topic of motivation hearing from your fans and hearing from everybody how much you've touched them i mean what else did you call on or what else did you use as motivation over all these years to keep producing these videos Uh, what what where does your motivation come from or where did it come from back in the day well back in the day it was just really my passion for aviation for um really wanting to help people uh, enjoy flight simulation. I understand that there are a lot of people who have a lot of love for aviation. Uh, some of them actually were inspired to become real pilots, uh, and they have become real pilots after watching, you know, some of my videos. To me, that was the most inspiring: is to hear back from people telling me, "Oh, by the way, I've watched your so-and-so video." And based on that, I'm enrolled now and I'm getting my type rating. And then, you know, I, I follow them. So I, I kind of send them emails. So how are you doing now? And they just say, come back and say, well, we are, I'm a 737 pilot. I'm an Airbus pilot. And uh, that to me is the most rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Getting a thank you for, you know, for posting something that uh, someone was able to learn something from was the motivation. Um, as you know, I, um, you know, I'm not after the money. Uh, I, I make a very good living for me and my family. Uh, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really in on YouTube or Twitch or, you know, any of those social media to make money. I'm there mm-hmm. really to help people and enjoy myself and enjoy creating content. You know, it's, it's, for me, when you mentioned some names um, that I'm very familiar with, like um, Thomas Rasmussen and um, Flight Deck 2 Sim, like it's really touching to see that they're the ones in essence who helped bring you back to um, uploading videos. Because we've talked with, um, well, I've talked with Thomas, and Thomas is a really great guy, and he's super friendly, and I remember uh, working really hard with him on his episode and and constantly talking before it came out. Um, and 
really just having a great time with him and it it just shows how genuinely kind all those people are and it's really nice to see that they cared about you so much that they wanted to see you back like i hadn't i i had assumed that part of it had to do with the really kind comments that you got on your uh farewell video um yeah but i yeah. i hadn't assumed that it, it had been like people who were actually in the community who uh were friends with you that really helped you through that that's really sweet of them honestly that is very sweet indeed yeah thomas and i go way way back um simply because when i started with the flying simulation uh he was an inspiration to me. Uh, he, you know, he he makes the best cinematic. He, no one, oh, no yeah. one comes close to Thomas. Oh, uh, yeah. His his abilities in in video editing uh, are just second to none. Um, so we we've, we've done uh, a lot of giveaways together. Uh, you know, we've chatted. You know, we've shared uh, frustration over a few things in the community. Uh, some things that you know both Thomas and I felt that were toxic uh you know so we used to vent to one another um a lot uh in during that time um since he's moved his uh house uh you know i think he got busy and with with life and uh, we, we we're not in contact as much but i know that he's the type of person that if i send an email to him and say thomas i need your help with something he will immediately respond and that's how it's been with uh, with Thomas. Uh, he's really a great guy. That's good to know that you guys um, actually um, share somewhat of the same space as far as videos are concerned on YouTube and so forth. But you guys communicate regardless and share possibly share ideas and so forth. It's good to know that you guys get along so good. I didn't even know you guys knew each other. So that's awesome to know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so switching gears a little bit, uh, you talked about um, how you got into this, uh, how it stemmed from you spending a lot of time on your own researching uh, how to do specific things on airplanes that you were flying um, and how you felt that other people could use that too so that they didn't have to spend as much time with you. Has the, uh, sorry, as you have. So has the, research process changed for videos or has it kind of stayed the same and um if it has changed like how has it changed and if it hasn't changed like what is your research process for videos right so there are um different types of videos that i do um there are tutorials there are full flights and there are <clears throat> reviews mm -hmm. now the <laughs> The most questionable ones are the reviews, probably. Mm -hmm. um, but let me tell you what what is the process that I go through for any video. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit what I do different for the different formats. Uh, so for a review, there are a few things that I do different than you know the full flight um, and different from when I do a tutorial. Normally, the process is a process where I just do a lot of brainstorming. So I begin with brainstorming the idea of the video on a you know piece of paper or on my um, on my tablet. Uh, I just write you know lots of circles what the video is going to be about, what do I want to show in that video, 
Um, sometimes I get carried away with things and then they say, no, that's probably going to be too long. Let me cut here. Let me cut there. And once mm -hmm. I do that, then I start actually designing the video on uh, like a PowerPoint. So I have a PowerPoint where I just kind of write in a bullets, what is the video? How is the video going to flow with mm -hmm. little boxes and workflows and things like that? How I'm going to end the video. Uh, when I come to recording, that's probably the most difficult part because I can very seldom find a time where my, uh, where my son is asleep. Uh, he's six <laughs> years old, so <laughs> it's very difficult to find the time. Uh, so this is actually a good time because uh, I made sure he goes to bed before I started this with you guys. So he's, <laughs> uh, he's sound asleep now. Okay. So <laughs> finding the right time is, is quite difficult for me. But when I do find the time, uh, I start recording the video. And um, sometimes I actually record the video over a period of few days. Uh, I don't really worry too much about making mistakes um, because I will edit those out. And once I'm done recording the video, so I've ticked uh, on my checklist on the PowerPoint that I've done. You know, I put tick, mm. tick, you know, everything's done there. I've, I've done whatever I want to do. Now I go to the editing. Once I do the editing and finish with the editing, I actually watch the video, the entire video, without rendering it. I just watch the video with my um, headphone um, mm. connected and just look out for anything that I might have said that's not right or maybe something that I want to change. Or sometimes I actually end up deleting the whole video if I don't Jeez. feel that it's, yeah, if I don't feel that it's of the quality uh, that, you know, that I want to put on the channel, then it goes to the trash can. And I start mm -hmm. over. In fact, I've done maybe the total videos uh, that I've trashed is over 50. Um, wow. So, wow. Yeah. So I just, you know, reach the point where I say, no, 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 that's that video is not good enough. Um, it's, it's, it's a personality thing, I guess. Uh, maybe I'm a somewhat of a perfectionist and I, I just want to do things right. And I will tell you something as related to this in a minute. Mm. But this is... This is normally, uh, you know, this is normally the process of creating the video. So there is a, a research, brainstorming. There is the actual development of the video, which is the recording. There is the quality check. And then there is the deployment or launching it on YouTube. You know, a very kind of developer-like process because that's what developers normally do if you're mm -hmm. following, you know, a waterfall approach in software development. Um now, for the reviews, for example, it's a little different because when I do a review, it depends on the title of the video. If I'm going to say it's a review, then I have to go read about the aircraft, look at footage of the aircraft, uh, both external and internal, and then I have to actually test the add-on. I do watch a lot of videos of the real aircraft being flown in real life. Oh, mm -hmm. um, So I kind of look at uh, stall behavior, read about it on forums of the real aircraft, so that when I come to the sim, there is a point of reference that I can relate to. And that's when I say, for example, you hear me say, uh, this aircraft flies very well. It's very fluid. 
the flight modeling is great. Um, so it's not because I've flown an aircraft and I've, you know, I, I get nasty comments about that. Oh, have you flown this aircraft before? How do you know it's good? You know, <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, I depend a lot on what real pilots do in real life. And I try to translate that into the sim. And then of course I have to look at how well the aircraft documentation is. Uh, for example, I've recently done a review on the uh, Falcon uh, by JustFlight. Great video. Um, it. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's it's a marvelous aircraft, and they've done a very, very good job on modeling the aircraft and, and modeling the systems that they've modeled. But if you look at the documentation, for example, uh, I gave it a, a lower than usual score. The reason being... Um, if you look at their instructions, they actually have instruction and they have a picture. Uh, the picture has so many instruments and they're saying, you know, turn the battery on. There's one battery switch and the transformers. So you look in the picture, you don't know where those transformers are. So it would mm -hmm. have been better, for example, if they were circled or highlighted in a different color. That would mm -hmm. have been better in my view. So, of course, it's just an example that I'm giving. Uh, I, I, I'm... I'm not, you know, uh, in any way talking down on, on the add-on itself. I think it's a great add-on. But this is the kind of level of detail that I go into when I actually do the review. So I look at the aircraft behavior compared to what's there in real life. I look at the footage, uh, pictures, videos, whatever I can put my hands on. Uh, I then fly the aircraft in the sim. I sometimes use... Uh, there's a great tool. I've done also a video on Sim Toolkit Pro. Mm -hmm. um, so I do like different um, different setup for the approach with different wind directions and speeds. And I see if that actually compares to what happens in real life. Bearing in mind, there are a lot of limitations in X-Plane uh, in terms of the flight model. So all of that research goes into the review and then of course i start for each category give a you know a score uh, and then i decide at the end whether you know i'm going to give this like a a platinum score a platinum pl uh, pla uh, plaque or uh, uh silver or bronze or gold or whatever yeah now yeah. this is normally associated with something when i say a review when the video is a first impressions video, it's a, it's a different ballgame. A first impressions video puts a lot less pressure on me. So you'll find in my earlier days, there were a lot more first impression rather than a review because in a first impression video, it's more of a casual thing. Uh, I'm just hopping in the sim and these are my first impression of this aircraft. No research done. You know, I'll probably rely on some of my previous knowledge of this add-on, but not necessarily, uh, you know, a detailed review of, of the add-on. So first impressions video is a lot easier to do, in my view. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't require hmm. all the research. Um, but when I say review, I feel it's my responsibility towards the community to put sufficient information for them to be able to decide whether they want to make an investment or not. And I normally recommend yes or no, but of course it's up to them based on what they see in the sim. Some people mm -hmm. agree, some people don't, but
But for the most part, I receive positive comments about the reviews and those who heed the advice I give in the video have been very happy. Yeah, I kind of suspected that you actually did put in this much time into your reviews because when you watch yeah, it, you know, normally I go to five, six different um, locations to find out about a particular add-on or aircraft just to cross-reference in my own head and pick out what I need to pick out to see if it's good or not. With your reviews, you usually get a lot of information, you know, more than you need, to be honest, to make a decision if to buy the product. So I actually love the fact that, or now love the fact that you actually do do all this research into it before you present it to the audience, because that's, to me, that's a great thing, man. But let me ask you this. You, you have reviews, you have first impressions, you also have um, live streams. How would you compare the difference with the reviews and the live streams and so forth? Um, what do you do differently in the live streams versus um, the first impression videos and so forth? Or, and also, do you prefer live streams or, or prefer recording? Um, well, I'll tell you, I'm very new to live streams. Uh, the reason being, um, for the longest time, we, we here in Kuwait, um, the, all the um, actual streaming servers are far from us. So there is always a high latency. Um, so recently I've upgraded the internet and I have a uh, upload and download speeds that are, you know, reasonable for, for streaming. So I'm very, very new to streaming. I, um, look, there are advantages and disadvantages to both recording. The nice thing about recording is I'm able to say, well, you know, I don't like the video goes to the trash can. That's it. But if you're streaming live, there is no, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, you can only apologize if you made a mistake, for example, and then move on. And I feel that sometimes it's, um, I'm sure I'll get used to it with time, but I feel a little under pressure when I'm doing a stream because I feel I'm under constant watch by everybody. Oh, I have to be really careful what I say here. Um, but normally I'm, you know, I let it just kind of flow, um, you know, free flow kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's the thing. Other than the technical difficulties I have with streams, I find them to be quite fun because uh, <laughs> there is a, an immediate interaction with, with your audience. Uh, so you stream a bit, you know, you do things on the sim and then you look at your screen and see, answer a few questions. So um, I, think, I think there is, again, a lot of reward from doing streams. Uh, recording is uh, definitely a lot less pressure than, than streams. Wow. See, I figured I took the easy way out when I stream because I did try to record as you did and do review or show a flight. And just hearing you talk about the process of recording it, rewatching it, cutting it, getting rid of it, and start all over again. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I just say, you know what? Let the live stream run. If I screw up, then so be it. So. You know, um, I'm glad you're getting into live streaming also, along with just recording, but recording part of it, I leave it to you guys who are the professionals at this point, you know, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, when I first started uh, the whole podcasting thing, there was absolutely a moment when I was just recording and deleting and recording and deleting because it took me so many tries to get it perfectly so it's it's kind of like i feel like live streaming in a sense you have to be a lot more confident to do it but then you get more comfortable with it as, as you go and the same is for video but you 
become more comfortable with recording video, which makes the process for video a lot easier. So it's kind of like they both balance out at some point, but also just they, they both have like their perks, you know, like it's great that I'm able to edit everything that I'm saying right now in post and then have everybody see exactly what I want to see. But the rawness of flight simming, I'm sorry, of flight simming, (laughs) the rawness of uh, live streaming is always something really great. And I think that's why it's actually just blown up so much in our world in general is because we really like being able to interact with people and seeing people's true colors. Like um, a few days ago, Norm, uh, Norm uh, looked at the new Sarasota scenery that uh, Vertical Sim Studios released, and he uh, told him on stream that the inside, the um, the the textures inside in the, of the terminal were animated, and your reaction was just so funny because <laughs> oh, yeah. you were so shocked by it that you had the most raw, like, oh my god, this is an insane scenery that I'm looking at, and it, it, like that rawness, I. I really enjoyed that. And that is something that maybe you would have edited out or something. I don't know. True. But the rawness of, of live streaming has always been, I think something that people are really grasped by. And I, I feel like if you were to continue live streaming Q8, then people would also see those other colors to you that you hinted at people not seeing before, like the people who write the negative reviews. And, and that would also get a really different response from people because people react really differently to different things you know it, it might be the case yeah i think you're right but um look you you're always going to get negative comments yeah. absolutely and, and for me i've always had negative comments from day one uh, i've had negative comments but they, they never really got to me uh mm-hmm. until recently uh, i'm not sure if it's i guess it's it's uh it's the stress uh I have a very stressful job. The day job, the real life job is a very stressful job and quite demanding in terms of time. So when you come, you know, at finding the time to do something and then getting like a, you get like a hundred really nice comments and then one comment, it's like you just, I kind of sit and stare at it. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you this. Um, if real world pilots are getting bad comments, bad reviews, and just generally bad things said about them, and they are real world pilots, you know, they do this as their day job and they come and fly the sim, for instance, V1 sim, y- you'll understand that there are these people that you're not ever going to get rid of. They're going to be there regardless. Every oh, absolutely. T- every time I fly, there's going to be three to five um, um, thumbs down just because, right? You know, whatever that yeah. person is. So the thing is, you know, uh, as you said, you have a hundred good comments coming your way and you, and you know that these people really like what you do. Yeah, try your best. Don't even take it on, man. That's just laugh at it. You know, if you could, if you can find a space to say, you know what, I'm not even going to bother with these people, you know, because your, your reputation and your work speaks for itself. And that's kind of the way I deal with it, you know, and I hope you could do it that way and forget these people, man. Well, that's the word I can use anyway. (laughs) I can't use a different word. True. I think think the advice that you mentioned to laugh at it is definitely very important uh, and something that I've always done for that reason because it helps it bother me. It it helps in making what is being said bother me less. Like 
we we got a few negative comments in the beginning of the whole series and it definitely bothered me because why wouldn't it it's like a direct critique of my own work that i spent a lot of time on and then i just started to laugh at it and realize that you know that's their opinion and like if my opinion is different then that's what really matters at the end um and that really that really helped with it all and then as time passed you you saw that the love was a lot greater than the hate that you're getting like there there was there have been a few comments on um various websites saying that i have a very monotone and boring voice which yeah kind of true <laughs> sometimes um but then there's the people who respond to those comments and back them up and they say these comments are wrong it he may have a really boring voice <laughs> but the content that he's putting out is amazing and that's something that you should be like really looking out for and, and ignoring those comments and, and drawing your own opinion. And those are the people who are really special. I feel are the ones who like fight for you and tell you that what you're doing is really worth it and that you shouldn't be listening to other people and also help other people make that realization too. You know? Absolutely. <clears throat> I have a question for you. Um, if Please you, go if ahead. Running. Um, I'm, I have your channel up on YouTube. Um, what would you say? What was your, what's your most watched video? Um, is it an airplane? Is it a scenery? Uh, what kind of tutorial? What would you say is your most watched video that people responded to more than anything else? Or every time? Um, that would be the settings video, um, the complete settings guide for um, X-Plane. That was one. And the other one was the, um, uh, the P3D, uh, X-Plane 11 versus P3D version 4. That was another uh, big one, and of course, I anticipated the, 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 you know, the comments. Uh, there, there are going to be large comments, a large amount of comments on those videos. Um, but yeah, those are probably the most watched uh, on the channel. I find a lot of people. Um, so all the tutorials I make on how to install X Life, anything to do with ATC. Um, settings, uh, top 10 general aviation, top 10 payware, top 10 plugins. Those are the kind of videos that will, and I've mentioned this in, uh, uh, in, a, in a series that I've done many years ago. Uh, those are the kind of videos that people really dig and they really like those kind of videos. Um, yeah, I hope I answered your question. No, uh, you did. Uh, one of them, yeah. one of them had to be Boeing versus Airbus or P3D <laughs> versus X-Plane. You know, the community gets already. Yeah, but, absolutely. Oh, yeah. absolutely. No, but you did answer. Absolutely good. Good to know. Yeah, th those top ten videos that you have are the ones that I've watched the most religiously, especially the freeware ones. When I was first starting X-Plane, um, I would immediately go to those. I think I've watched like a few of them, like at least five times, just like every once in a while going back to them seeing if i forgot something to add and then like you know living on my life and then going back to them again those are definitely the most watched but i i almost had a little chuckle when you mentioned the settings thing because i i i just it's a funny thing for me but i always laugh whenever people ask what uh specs other people have uh for their simulators because it happens like every single live stream I watch, I'll just like watch somebody <laughs> yes. in the comments just saying, what are your computer specs? What are your computer specs? What yeah. are your computer specs? And I can always see like the streamers being like, oh my God, this question again. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up actually putting it in the description now. 
um, because it is one of the most asked questions on the channel until this day. So it's, it's actually posted in the description. And then on the website, I put in my monitor model, refresh rate, just everything is there. Um, because people are just going to ask. Well, and let they me, still ask. Well, let me ask you, since we're on the podcast, what are your specs for your PC? <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's a serious question. You know, yeah. what does your PC is, look better is. than mine? You know, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the thing I, I do. Um, so, so I do spend some time on the settings. Uh, I do a lot of fiddling around with the, uh, NVIDIA. I built my own PC, so I'm quite proficient in, uh, you know, in settings and things like that and overclocking and changing things in the bias. And, um, and, and it does help. So when you have that knowledge, it does help. I experiment a lot with, um, you know, for example, looking at, uh, how about I load things on one core or let me put it on those two cores and see what happens. Um, and I, I do have a, a beast of a machine. Well, it, it used to be, uh, mm. about four years ago. Uh, it's, it's a mid range machine now, uh, with mm. a really good graphic card, but you know, it still does very well. Yeah. I, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I laugh at the comments, but at the same time, I understand them because sometimes going through those settings and making them right is so tedious, especially since you have to reload every time I've, I've spent like hours trying to figure out the right thing. And it's literally just balancing plugins and then looking at my own settings and changing the world objects, seeing how much anti-aliasing I want and all of that. It's it's a delicate thing. So I get why people want to know it, but it's always really funny to me that that's like the number one question. Cause I feel like, I feel like it'd be something else, like something to do with the plane or something like that, but nope. What are your specs? You know, <laughs> it's in interesting to see what people want, you know, Kuwait uh, question Absolutely. for you. What is sure. your, um, coming from X-Plane 10 to X-Plane 11, how big a jump do you think that was um, for X-Plane itself in the, in, the, in the flight sim community? Well, I think if I look at the history of, uh, of X-Plane, uh, I've, I've been an X-Plane user from 10.29, I believe, was the first version of X-Plane that I've used. And when X-Plane 10.5 came out, I thought it was a big jump. Uh, there was uh, a lot of new scenery, and the sim is just looking great. Uh, then when 11 came, I think that was a game changer for uh, for X for Lemonar research, uh, simply because first of all they they've modernized the user interface. The user interface in X Plane 10 was just terrible. Uh, of course, we got used to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, after a while, you know, you get used to terrible things and they become just normal. Um, but it, they really have thought about the user experience uh, quite a bit before launching X-Plane 11. Uh, the, the UI itself is very modern. Uh, everything is laid out uh, where you can see it, uh, the fonts, the colors, uh, the way they've grouped the information is just outstanding. Uh, the usability, uh, the features that they put in there, there were so many features, by the way, in X-Plane 10, but you couldn't find them uh, simply because of the cryptic menus and, and the uh, poor layout. Mm -hmm. So I think <clears throat> in terms of the user experience, it has appealed to a lot more people. And 
people that were intimidated by the interface in X-Plane 10 have found you know, the new interface to be very easy to follow. And so I think they've started getting more people accepting um, X-Plane uh, after you know, the departure from X-Plane 10 to 11. Not to mention, of course, the performance considerations, uh, the performance improvements that they brought into version 11. Uh, I think all of those were contributing factors to really increasing their market share. A lot of people, I know for a fact that were P3D or FSX users and have moved on to Explain 11 after it came out. The fact that they have a mobile um, Explain uh, 11 that looks outstanding, um, I have it on my Samsung tablet and it's just brilliant. Um, mm. So I think they've made all the right calls. They made all the right decisions and they have a very talented team working behind the scenes to have made those changes in, in X-Plane 11. So I think they're on the right path. And now, of course, uh, the introduction of Vulcan, Metal Vulcan, uh, is, uh, is again a game changer, I think, for X-Plane. Uh, the performance gains are outstanding. As, by the way, some people think that Vulcan is going to make X-Plane look better. And it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, so this is just really how, you know, how the, the software is communicating with the graphic card uh, and, and rendering the scene. Um, so it's, it's going to bring up a lot of improvement to the sim, and that will enable more complex add-ons uh, to be introduced into, into X-Plane without having to have a beast of a computer to run it. So uh, I think they're on the right track. Uh, I will say this much. Of course, uh, you guys know I'm under a strict NDA uh, with the Microsoft Flight Simulator, so I can't really say much. But I will say this much, and this is my absolute personal view. P3D or Lockheed Martin prepared, even with the new version, version 5, I believe is probably not going to make it in the long run. I think for the short, for, uh, for the foreseeable future, I think it will remain uh, simply because a lot of people have made huge investments into that platform. Uh, they will remain, I think, by the way, with 4.5. I don't think a lot of people are going to go to 5 unless they bring up something really, really special. Uh, eventually, I think that platform is going to die. Mm -hmm. X-Plane 11... I don't think that X-Plane 11 is going to die. I think X-Plane 12 is going to come. And I think X-Plane is there to stay. I will tell you guys one thing based on experience from my personal experience. There is something about X-Plane. When you fly in the X-Plane world, there is something that is unmatched by any other flight simulator that I've tried to date. There is something mm. about the flight model that just... It's just outstanding. It's very fluid. It's very realistic. I remember when I flew the, the Cessna 152 in real life, and I fly the 172 in X-Plane, um, especially with the, uh, and this is not an advertisement. This mm -hmm. is uh, my true evaluation of the reality expansion pack for the uh, default Cessna 172 by SimCoders. With that add-on, 
I'll tell you, that aircraft is very close to the real thing, very close to a real Cessna, how the real Cessna flies. Now, there is, of course, differences between the 152 and the 172, but it does feel like a real aircraft. The stall behavior, the movement of the aircraft, response to wind and all of that um, is, is very, very realistic and very immersive. Uh, so I don't think X-Plane is going anywhere, guys. I think X-Plane is there to stay. I think it's going to develop. But the caveat here is that Laminar Research has to probably speed up their development of the platform. They have to bring, up, you know, bring new things into it um, and fix some of the kind of uh, the legacy issues, things like... Mm -hmm. Um, AI, uh, ATC, uh, the, the community has been really very vocal about these things in X-Plane. The, the flight model is great, okay? Mm -hmm. But those elements of a, like ATC, especially ATC and AI, and they, for God's sake, do something about those clouds as well <laughs> now, while you're at it. <laughs> um. You know, you keep, I keep, you know, I keep, um, X-Enviro, by the way, is, is a very promising product. I love X-Enviro. I really miss it now because it, it doesn't work in, on the beta. Uh, but I think it's, it's, I think one weather environment engine that's on the right track. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a game changer for X-Plane if they can, um, you know, if they can really make it work without all the performance degradation and fix those artifact issues, I think that's the weather environment engine I want for X-Plane. So a few things here and there, and X-Plane will remain very strong. Um, that's my personal opinion. So you basically, would you say that um, the um, flight modeling where it is now is more than good enough? concentrate more on the ICANN, the weather, clouds, so forth. That's what you would, would be your advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Mine too. Mine, mine too. I mean, you said it. I think that um, I plan to fly Microsoft 2020 and X-Plane as the two simulators going forward. Um, I do uh, agree with you that P3D FSX is probably going to drop by the wayside when Microsoft 2020 comes out. But X-Plane is special. I mean, just the feel of it, just the smoothness of it in the flight modeling you know i love it but it does need that extra eye candy to compete now with what's coming up based on what we have seen so far so yeah i agree yeah yeah and and it it seems like them uh introducing vulcan metal is their step towards that because um i mean you hinted at this but OpenGL, like the reason why it was so terrible um performance wise is because it's a very old rendering um, engine it, it just doesn't have the efficiencies that Vulcan and Metal have today, which is why X-Plane switched to them. Um, but you know, I I agree. There's something really special about X-Plane. Like if I'm if I am really willing to separate myself from P3D uh, and just go back to X-Plane, even when there are so many great P3D add-ons like PMDG, it's definitely they're doing some great stuff. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I love their triple seven. I fly that thing like almost all the time whenever I go over to P3D. But the fact that I'm still always like going back to X-Plane and always wanting to do like the really special flights on X-Plane, I think really like speaks volumes as to where it's at. And it'll, 
it'll really be interesting to see what comes next. Um, they they've there's like a few little hints that you can get as to what they're planning when you ever you look at some of the um patents they filed or deals that they've made with other um developers um it looks like they may be looking into doing satellite imagery soon which would be hmm. wow yeah yeah they 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 bought i don't know if they bought or if they made a deal with this one uh satellite imagery company a few months ago or something or maybe a year ago it's one of the two um so that might be coming that would be really great but i agree that x-plane has it in realism it doesn't really have it in eye candy and and also sound honestly and if they're able to break that and able to bring a really gorgeous simulator and focus on that then they really have something special and something amazing that is not just going to attract real world pilots who need to train because um i'm always recommended x-plane whenever i go for flights uh with any of um any of my uh what's it called any of my flight instructors um i'm always recommended x-plane um but you know i feel like if it has that little eye candy aspect to it then it'll also just attract more people too and more developers as well um but i feel like we're uh on the way towards having something great on both sides um because a few episodes ago norm and i talked about how the flight simulation community as a whole is really in a great place in general and how we're really getting the best advancements we are right now and the best products that we ever have and the most inspired developers as well. And I feel like if that just keeps on happening, um, then X-Plane will definitely come that way. Uh, we have some great products coming soon. Um, I and I, we spoke to them a few weeks ago. They've been, they have a great product coming our way and I am so excited for rotates MD 11. When that comes out, it looks like they're really trying to make something amazing considering how long they're taking. Um, and those could be some real market disruptors and we could really see some serious competition start to move over to explain, uh, and take up our sphere. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know the one the one add-on that I'm really looking forward to is the uh the uh dash eight by Fly Jason. Yes. Uh, yes. That's that's the one they've been very quiet about it. I've seen a few uh shots on the uh, screenshots on on their website. It's still work, work in progress. But that's one add-on I I want to put my hands on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seems to be a favorite to everybody. Uh, I haven't um, gotten the Dash Eight bug yet, but when I see it come out, we'll know what happens. Uh, yeah. Quick question for you about um, how often do you get to do a real world flying in a Cessna or something like that? How often now? Oh, I actually do it every year. Uh, this year is going to be the exception because, of course, the um, you know the COVID nineteen and please guys stay safe and keep the social distancing. Um, but normally every year I travel with the family to the UK and I always charter a plane there. Uh, I like to fly in uh, Elstree. There is a small aviation center there. Uh, really nice, uh, nice people. Uh, so I normally go there and uh, get in a 152 or a Piper. Normally a Piper 28 is what's available there. 
Uh, and yeah, they let me do whatever, you know, uh, take off land and uh, they do all the uh, air traffic control, of course. But the nice thing about Elstree is uh, is its uh, location. It's uh, between, once you're up, you know, at about 2,000 feet, you can see London Gatwick and you can also see London Heathrow and you can see all the big jets going in and out of uh, Heathrow and Gatwick. Wow. So it's a, and it's a very, uh, very scenic, uh, very scenic route around, around the, uh, around the airport uh, or the airfield. So, uh, I do it every year. Um, some years, if, if, you know, due to, you know, family commitments, uh, if I can't do it, then I'll make sure I'll do like the A380 simulator or go to Manchester to do it or, you know, things like that. So yeah, I'm I'm very close to the you know to flying uh, real aircraft. Uh, I do it quite often uh, when I get the chance to do it. When uh, whenever you do like just full flights on your channel, what's your favorite part about that? Um, personally, my favorite part about flights is just whenever I I do a really good landing, <laughs> um, or or <laughs> I really enjoy having like harsher weather because it as a challenge it's, yeah. it's just it's boring to land into uh variable winds and all but what's what's your favorite part about doing flights um that's actually a good question uh, believe it or not the the part that i enjoyed the most is the landing part mm. um i feel it's just the most rewarding thing to get the aircraft you know those um you know the what do you call it the rate the landing rate yeah, when you right. get it, like when people say, "Oh, it's butter," you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, no such thing. That's like really cool. Um, mm -hmm. I don't. It's, full flights is something I don't really like that much, to be very honest, because it the 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 phase where you actually prepare the aircraft is where I feel people are getting you know some knowledge and they understand now how to set up the FMC. Uh, or the McDo on an Airbus, uh, mm -hmm. and I try to uh, to do different aircraft because, for example, Boeing is very different from an Airbus, very different mm -hmm. from an um, MD eighty. Um, so I try to, you know, I try to make it uh, as as varied as possible. But let me tell you guys, doing a full flight video is the most boring thing in the world <laughs> uh, because the minute you take off and and the autopilot takes over or george takes over yeah um there isn't really much to do you know and i just uh, click on my button to fast forward the time so that mm -hmm. i'm you know 30 nautical miles from top of descent um to start configuring the aircraft for you know for approach and landing Mm -hmm. uh, so I was actually thinking the other day, what if I create uh, a lot of videos on landing? So I'll just, you know, set up the aircraft uh, at, at a specific uh, star and begin the approach and landing. Well, people like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. Uh, but I've, I've received comments when I cut through things to minimize the time. Mm. Oh, why did you cut that part out? You know, I wanted to see this part and, you know, you <laughs> cut it out. So yeah. maybe creating a timeline is a, is a fix for this. But I'll tell you, if, unless it's a live stream, um, if you look at the average duration for videos that are full flights, it's actually very, very low. 
And what people actually do, they go to takeoff, they watch the takeoff, and then they go and watch the landing, and then they start writing their comments and they leave. So mm -hmm. on I a 40-minute video, <laughs> they're probably going to watch two minutes, three minutes tops. They're not going to watch anything more than that, unless somebody is really interested in learning how to set up the aircraft and start it from cold and dark. So if they're, it depends on what they want. If they're just there for entertainment, they're just going to look at the takeoff, the landing, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I concur. When I look at the, the metrics on um, the videos that I have up, even if they're live streams or not, when people, we watch them, literally, as you said, it's taxi takeoff and, and landing. That's it. They, they cut through yeah. everything else. You see, you see the spike on it. But, you know, then as you say, well, somebody goes, well, I wanted to see, you know, how you handle it in cruise. Like, uh, okay, you know. So yeah. you, you can't win no matter what you do, basically. You can't win. You just have to Absolutely. do what, what makes you happy, I think, as a, a producer. A That's content the name producer. Of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Do what makes yeah. you happy. Definitely. I feel like that landing video idea would be really successful, though, because uh, for me, when I was first learning how to fly, um, it wasn't until actually I was in the real Cessna 172 and doing it myself, I had a lot of trouble uh, learning how to crab and all of the other types of landings that you can do in crosswinds as well. And I think that, that would be something really interesting for people to. Uh, get a hang of if you were to like perhaps show what you were doing with your controls um, I think people would really be into that because it's it's also just hard to find a general tutorial on how to do stuff like that for flight simulation stuff it, it's easy for uh, other videos uh, other videos other like categories like real world categories I've seen many videos where an Airbus pilot will be um, on the plane and they'll in the plan they'll be teaching you how to do it but i think that that'd be something that people would really love for sure that's i think that's a great idea yep a yeah maybe i'll try it maybe i'll give it a shot yeah yeah do your landing sequences do you know three landings same airport then you can advance it to um difficult landings and crosswind landings and so forth and so on i think it'll be it'll yeah be awesome. and do it like with different uh with, with different aircraft perhaps and you know yeah that that might work that might actually work. Now, uh, you're obviously not sticking to a regular upload schedule, and uh, I respect that a lot. Uh, it was something I had to learn in the beginning when making this podcast, that sometimes regular upload schedules really stress you out and take the whole fun out of everything, because uh, I was uploading this every Monday, and that was just, it was just sucking it out of me, and I really wasn't enjoying it and now that we have this more loose schedule it's a lot nice uh, a lot nicer um but in terms of your future videos i you mentioned that you have alpha access um will you be covering microsoft flight simulator and uh continuing to cover x-plane 11 Oh yes, uh, of course. Um, I think I'll be doing both. I'm I'm rethinking actually the format of a lot of the videos, uh, even including my review videos. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll let you on on this. Um, so for the reviews, for the most part, uh, in the past, I used to do um, like a walk around of the exterior, then the interior. Then I take it for a short flight around the same airport vicinity, and then take it back and land. Uh, but maybe I will actually do short 
full flights. Uh, for example, we can do one uh, from Corfu to you know a nearby island yep. if it's a GA aircraft. Uh, and then I can show, for example, the flight, the quick flight planning through Sky Vector and things like that. And while I'm doing that, I will review the aircraft. I'm thinking about that review format because maybe people will get a little more appreciation out of the aircraft if you actually show all the features and and actually also teach them how to how to fly it. Um, so that's one thing that on the Vulcan video that I've done for uh, for just flight aircraft. A lot of people said, uh, we'd like to know how to start it up from, you know, it's cold and dark state. And I'll tell you one thing about this community. People don't read. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's just the community. I think people in general don't want to read. They just want everything to be, you know, ready Video uh, fed. for them. Yep. Yeah, they, they want to see it visually. People are very visual. They're becoming more visual. Um, so instead of going through the manual, you know, I'll, I'll do it for you guys. I'll read the manual, go through the agony right. and, then <laughs> and then I'll do a video. So I'm thinking about the review format of those videos. Uh, again, I've, I've told you I'm already um, reconsidering the format of the full flights and maybe do things maybe a little more interesting, like uh, landing at a really dangerous airport and, and do things like that. Maybe people will uh, you know, we'll dig that a lot more than watching a 40 minute, uh, video, which by the way, I have a couple of them ready to go. I just haven't uploaded them. Mm -hmm. uh, they were from some time back. Um, but I decided just, they're not, you know, they're probably not going to get enough views, so I'm not going to upload them. So, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, definitely I am going to be, uh, doing a lot of videos there, especially in when it's first launched or when we get permission from Microsoft to start creating content. Uh, I can tell you it's, it's quite a departure from anything that, we're, that we've seen uh, so far. Uh, so definitely it's, it's going to be worth the coverage. I think a lot of people are going to have a gazillion of questions on how to do this and how to do that. And I think we're uh, kind of privileged uh, to have been... Uh, to still be alpha testers because you come to learn a lot of things about the sim and how to configure it and the different options and the effect of different settings uh, on the scene. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'd like to share that uh, with the community for sure. Yeah. It's good to know. Um, awesome. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you want uh, our listeners to know or um, any questions you have for us or anything? No, I just really enjoyed being with you guys. I uh, lost track of the time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for having me and for giving me the opportunity to speak to you guys and tell you a little bit about myself and experience with the flight simulation. It's been real fun. I really appreciate it. Yep, definitely great to have you on board. Uh, this was very informative. Uh, get to learn a lot more about your process and what your thoughts are on the whole simulator. Uh, community. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. My absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for being on. And um, we're, I'm really excited to see what you do next. And um, um, it's been great talking to you. Likewise. Likewise, guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.